Taylor. What's up? What's going on, brother? Welcome to week three. How you feel so far? So far, so good. I feel like we're actually heading into some crazy, legit games ahead, and uh, it's about to get wild now. Yeah, I'm so excited for this week. How's fantasy going so far? Well, you're. I'm 0-2 out of retirement. No! I'm 0-2, but it's, excuse me, it's an 0-2 that I don't feel destroyed by. Well, so we'll see. I like my matchups. I Projection-wise and my teams all are Everything looks good. It's just I got to get the win. I hadn't gotten the win yet. We'll see what happens. Yeah, for those who haven't kept in touch, Taylor took a long period of time from fantasy football, and it may be by peer pressure or just the sheer dismal outlook that the Texans had this year. He decided to come back, and we we brought him back into the dark side of fantasy nerdum. I understand that the 0-2 is probably the only good time that you ever want a winless record in a fantasy football season because you get some serious good waivers. <laughs> There's guys, Rondale Moore was a big pickup this week for a lot of folks, yeah. Sterling Shepard last week, Elijah Mitchell, all these guys. So it's been a it's been a good time. You have the two hardest positions to really get solved, and that's an RB1 and a tight end. Right now, I, I don't know how things were whenever you left fantasy, but Wide receivers are so easy to plug and yeah. play. You basically treat them like a daily fantasy lineup. But RB1 and tight end, if you have those guys on set it and forget it, man, dude, you're you're ready to go. And and you're right. Like the more I've thought about it, I think I've always uh you know, the guys you knew back in the past, I I was always like, man, let people run on running backs. I focus I focus on getting like two or three high-end receivers cuz they're going to load me up on points. But it's true. You can you can find guys on on the waiver wire and stuff like that that come up during the season in in the receiver department. But you're right. I think I think if you can if you can solidify that RB one and that tight end position right away, like with guys like a Dalvin Cook and a Darren Waller. I mean, you set yourself up pretty well. If you have a guy like Darren Waller, it's very rare that you're ever going to have to swap him out. But more to the real world football. Uh, analysis. We wanted to start off this episode with some mailbag questions. So we reached out on Instagram asking for any topics, any questions, anything that our audience, our listeners, our followers want to know from us. And we're only going to cover two of them this round, but we have plenty coming forward. So our first message is from Eric, our first question rather, which 0-2 team has the best chance to win their division? Now, most of the league is split up into the 2 and 0s, the 1 and 1s and the 0 and 2s. So I'll list off some of the 0 and 2 team options that you have. So we have Jacksonville, the New York Jets, Atlanta Falcons, New York Giants, Detroit Lions, Minnesota Vikings, Indianapolis Colts. Which of those teams do you think maybe has the best shot of turning their season around and perhaps winning their division? So for me here, I think this is really just between two teams. And that's one is due, well, perhaps both are due to the weakness in the division. And that's either the Colts or the Giants. Now, I thought the, the Giants thing. have a whole lot the the Giants have a whole lot more issues, personnel, chemistry, whatever like that than the Colts do, but the Colts have injury issues with perhaps the most important position on any team and that's the quarterback the Colts have a playoff ready roster the only thing they've ever been missing is a quarterback and the Giants 
have offensive power that just can't seem to get the tires on the road. So that's where I'm just, I doubt much more so that the Giants could do it than the Colts. So the Colts would be my answer here. But the NFC East has shown plenty of inconsistency, much due to injuries, unfortunately, the past few years. But if any team could do it, I mean, the Giants just barely missed out on a playoff team last year. So yeah, from a division standpoint, just in the NFC East alone, the New York Giants have the talent and the and the pieces they need in order to, I think, at least push for that division title. That division is always a toss-up. You just never are sure what it's going to end up being. But I have a question. So we, we said Colts, Vikings, Lions, Giants, Falcons, Jets, Jaguars. How do you think the Lions would do in the NFC East versus the NFC North, I think the Giants. That is, I think the Giants would do a, a lot better. I agree. Or, or, or I mean, the sorry, Lions. the Lions. Yeah, the Lions would do a lot better in that division. I have come to a realization that the Lions perhaps are a better team over the past decade than we have ever given them credit for. However, they're just in a division that has the Bears, the Vikings, and the Packers, who have consistently been one of those top three or four teams in their conference. So that's where I'm just. I don't know how good the Lions are. I know they're definitely waiting on that free agency or that offseason move for Aaron Rodgers next season, but you know, they're they're fun to watch. I have had a good time watching Lions games this season so far. Yeah, I it's just hard to say. Uh, the I thought despite the loss again, the Lions played well. It seems like the Lions still have a lot of things that need to be solved in order to, to get things rolling. But they already, in my opinion, look much improved with Dan Campbell as their head coach than, say, when they had Matt Patricia, and that's for sure. But to go back to this original question, I if I had to just put my stock on one team that I think that's 0-2 right now that could win this division, it, I think it would be the Colts. Again, it all – like, I love, I love Frank Reich. I love the roster – they're a ready team to compete. It's just that quarterback is what they need to have in order to right. get this thing going the, where, where it's capable of going. And Carson Wentz has just had some real hard luck here um, and not being able to stay healthy. So Carson Wentz actually was appearing at practice today through walkthroughs without a boot or anything. So perhaps good news. But we'll go ahead and move into our second question of the week. And it's on the opposite end of the spectrum. We received a question from Zach. Which 2-0 team do you trust the least? And so, same way we did with the 0-2 teams, I'll list off these 2-0 teams. We have Buccaneers, Rams, Cardinals, Raiders, 49ers, Broncos, Panthers. I think I trust the Denver Broncos the least right now. I completely agree. And... You know, they also had Bradley Chubb get added to the IR this past week. They had Jerry Judy the week before. Those injuries are starting to stack. They had two very easy opening opponents, Giants week one, Jaguars week two. And we have seen that division prove it against some capable opponents. Obviously, the Raiders beating two very capable AFC North teams. The Chiefs being the Chiefs. And then the Chargers also beating the Washington football team who we also believe is a playoff team. So I, I completely agree. We don't need to spend too much time on this just because there is so much to, to unfold. 
So with that, we'll go ahead and pop straight into our confidence picks. We'll do a little bit of an update on where we stand so far. So currently, I have picked four games more correctly than you have. I'm 21 and 11 on the season. You're 17 and 15. However, what makes confident picks so much better than just straight picks is you have picked more confidently, more accurately. So your total points are 187 to my 179. I I love that this is the way it's going to work because it's going to allow anybody to be more right than the other person, but also, you know, just being the kind of wishy-washy in the middle pick is not going to work for you. And again, anybody that wants to pick along with us, we put every single week our confidence pick group link in the show notes. Feel free to come along, pick against us. We'll do a week in and week out. We may start throwing some shout outs in eventually after after a few weeks and and see how you guys do against us. But with that, Taylor, let's go ahead and start off with who is the number one lock of the week that you and I both agreed upon? Arizona Cardinals over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Absolutely. I I think this is a I think this is a great pick for both of us. Tell me tell me what you like about this matchup. Well, I just love the football right now that the Cardinals are playing. I mean, such offensive firepower. I love Kyler Murray, man. He's such a talented quarterback. I just love what I'm seeing. I mean, I felt like I was coming back into fantasy. I felt like just in this particular year, I was sort of drooling and salivating over this guy to be my fantasy quarterback more than most other quarterbacks that I could have had my choosing of. It was just the sense I felt towards... Kyler Murray operating in this offense with what he has to work with. And we're seeing it. The kid is so great. He's got a great arm, makes great decisions, quick decisions. And I love actually his his genius of how he runs with the football. He's just so smart and great at avoiding some of the big hits. And maybe that comes with just years and years of of learning in Pop Warner and playing all through your youth, being the little guy, how to how to avoid the big hits that that the big guys try to come and throw at you. I mean, Chandler Jones to me right now is showing that he could be defensive player of the year. He warrants a major pay raise. He's just really, really special player, and uh, I so I love what I'm seeing from this Cardinals defense. I just think it's too overpowering and too strong for. Jacksonville to really warrant a win this week against a team like Arizona who's just playing so well like sort of lights out they had a close one they nearly dropped against Minnesota but hey it worked out in the end and a win is a win this Jacksonville team seems like they've got a lot of work ahead of them I don't think this team is as good as people were thinking so with that it's just unanimous with me that that Arizona is going to come away with the win this weekend over Jacksonville I have a question say we were doing back in the old days, and we're just doing pickup football. <laughs> and you can only pick a team rather than individual players. Is there any team you would pick for a pickup game of football other than the Arizona Cardinals? A team that I would pick up for pickup football? Yeah, you, you draft this team for your pickup roster. <laughs> um, I mean, I wish I had more time to think through it, but my first thought is sort of leaning towards Tennessee. Yeah, that's just what popped in my head, Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if if, if Tannehill can get it going uh consistently on on the aerial attack, I think that's that's a good competitor for that as well. Certainly last year's Tennessee team. But I was just curious, somebody brought it up 
Chiefs are oftentimes a very common a common pick as well. So sure, but, yeah, of course, yeah. I think I just I think I like the whole I like the receiving. I like what I can get with Tannehill, and I love having Derek Henry in the backfield. So certainly. Yeah. And on the opposite side of the ball, Jacksonville just trudging through, trying to generate any momentum. I don't believe this is the team that they really capitalized. Certainly you have JJ Watt on the opposite end of of the of the JJ uh, Watt on the defensive <laughs> side for Arizona going against Jacksonville. It's it's very familiar territory there. So I believe we can see a big game from this defensive line for Arizona once again. Moving forward, going into our second lock, number two lock behind Arizona, is the Carolina Panthers over the Texans. I marked this one as most likely going to be in my top three, but once we got the news that Tyrod Taylor was pushed to IR, we know that that was the only life jacket keeping this team afloat, at least keeping things from from really getting sour. And now Davis Mills, and I just saw y'all sign Jeff Driscoll from your practice squad. Very similar to the Jacksonville Jaguars, there's just a roster inadequacy that you are going to be facing until Tyrod comes back. I don't like Davis Mills. I, I don't love what I see with him in terms of your offense. I think this would be a very run-heavy game, much to y'all not wanting to do that. Y'all wanting to be more pushing the ball forward, but I don't see the tools there available for y'all to do that. I expect a big game from all of the running backs in Houston. Plenty of checkdowns to be had. Perhaps a big game from Brandon Cooks, but I, I don't see a high tally in the yardage. This is just an outmatch. Carolina's defense looks like the real deal. They're my number one defense in fantasy football this week. I think that is a set it and forget it going against this team. Taylor, you, you don't like seeing the Texans being on the opposite end of these locks anytime. Tell me what you're seeing so far from the Texans and you know, tell me what are some things a Houston fan can pay attention to this game to maybe measure what what we can build on going forward. Well, the the real pro in in all this uh, special sort of season for the Texans really is uh, as a fan, you should like what you're seeing from this Texans defense. To me, that's the that's the brightest spot that the Texans have going for them right now. The way that Lovey Smith has this group disciplined, the way that he has them playing, it's really good. Now, they went up against a, a talented offense in Cleveland, so it wasn't the best showing that we've had, but they still managed to to not make it easy whatsoever for Baker Mayfield and that Browns offense to, to work. So, I, again, I say I, I really have loved from what I've seen from this Texans defense as a fan. I'm not really sure where Justin Reed stands health-wise at the moment, but man, if, if he's not in there for the Texans' defense, it, it's a huge loss for us because he truly is, in my opinion, the best player on our defense right now. That's the that's our guy. Possible the best player on the whole roster. Yeah, he's the face of our defense, without a doubt. So if he's not in there, uh makes it harder. So that's the matchup I'm more so interested in, is seeing how well this Texans' defense can play against the talent that we see from this Carolina offense and how it's working. Can they get enough pressure on Sam Darnold and force him into mistakes? That's where I think a lot will be determined is on that side of the ball. We already know Carolina's defense is just far and wide so much better than what the Texans have out there on offense. 
if Tyrod Taylor played in this game, it would this this would be a very intriguing matchup to me. Only sure. be, only because I would be curious how well could the Texans hang against the Carolina Panthers. But I think with Tyrod, it's a much closer matchup. That it would be in the contention for hipster game of the week, which we'll go into a, a little bit later explaining. But yeah, I think there's so much more to like about this matchup with Tyrod. But yeah, I love your point about the defense. I think there is plenty to like over there against maybe not one of the top tier offenses like y'all were going against last week with with Cleveland, who y'all were still hanging with until Tyrod went down. But there is something definitely to watch for Houston fans, and it is watching that defense, seeing how you guys can compete against a capable offense. If y'all can shut that down, y'all already faced a similar offense last week in Cleveland. They run a pretty similar style, maybe not as quite trudging ahead with the the Nick Chubb runs, but... You know, Christian McCaffrey, I expect him to be fantasy player of the week. So if y'all have struggled repeatedly year after year with receiving backs, particularly against uh, Christian McCaffrey, anytime you can ever do so or anytime you ever face him. But I, I think that's a good call out that there is still a reason to tune in on Thursday night for the for the Texans fans. Yeah, for that matchup alone. And, you know, Tyrod, had he not gotten hurt, we really he kept us in the game there with Cleveland. I mean, we took the lead. I I wonder how that game might have been the end result if Tyrod Taylor played through the whole game against Cleveland. I mean, sure. we might have given Cleveland a legitimate scare there. So, not having Tyrod significantly hurts the Texans' chances to produce offensively, but it just goes to show I I feel so bad for Tyrod Taylor. I mean, this is even this isn't even my bias. I just feel bad for him because I I feel this guy's a really good quarterback and he's capable and I hate seeing him go down like this even more so especially because he plays on my team and it just shows that this would be a much this could be a a, a more interesting and even closer game if Tyrod were playing. But this is going to come this the interesting part of tuning into this game will be the Texans defense against Carolina's offense. And I and I don't have a lot and I don't have faith in Davis Mills as the guy for the Texans. I never have, even when we drafted him. And in these two weeks he's played, it it's not good, man. It's not good. Well, Texans quarterbacks, particularly backup, particularly third string quarterbacks, as Davis Mills technically is with Deshaun Watson still on the roster, have repeatedly shown a ability to step up in moments. You have TJ Yates, you have Case Keenum, even before he became big stardom. There isn't a whole lot of promise that the Texans will come out with a win here. So if Davis Mills can show something that we don't expect, this is the time to do it. He gets the benefit of playing at NRG Stadium at home. So that, I mean, that could help, but you know. Sure, sure. Whatever. <laughs> so moving forward to our next pick of the week. Taylor, this is your number two lock of the week. You picked Denver to beat a struggling Jets team. Tell me why you like this game. I just think the Broncos are feeling it right now. Teddy Bridgewater looks like he is a, an absolute NFL starter in this league. He's playing. He's played great these first two games. Uh, I just think the Broncos got a lot of things that they're just in rhythm with. Unfortunately, not having Jerry Judy it really hurts. But Cortland Sutton is playing really well. What's that other kid's name? Patrick? Is that his last name? So they have... Fantasy managers, or at least deep diving fantasy managers, will recognize the two names that 
the Broncos have in their receiving core, aside from Sutton and Judy, it's KJ Hamler and Tim Patrick. Yeah. Both very capable, very underrated receivers widely amongst the NFL. Yeah, and and I, I was going to point that out. The, the Broncos offense, I don't know who's running it, but they seemed really well coached and well disciplined in what they're doing. So I like what I'm seeing. Melvin Gordon even looks like he's playing a lot better uh, in just the touches he's had, just from what I've seen. And then on the defensive side of the ball, obviously not having Bradley Chubb, it hurts. But you still have Von Miller, and you still got a lot of capable guys over there. That, And so I feel like the Broncos' defense has never been something that has lacked much in the past few years. They, they've always had a real solid strength there. It's where... It was when Peyton Manning retired that the Broncos have been trying to find their stride offensively, especially at the quarterback position. And it looks like they may have found something special here in Teddy Bridgewater operating as their quarterback. He's doing a really great job. And this Jets team, you know, unfortunately, they're the little kid that that's still trying to not wet their pants uh, at the playground, but they can't help it. So it's okay. You know, they got a lot of growing up to do and figuring those things out. And I, I'll tell you what, though, man, the talent is is unquestionably there. I love the arm talent that I do see from Zach Wilson. I love that he's this sort of young, rookie, fearless kid out there who's who's playing with a lot of boldness. I, I, I can, Just from what I can tell, it's just you're not going to beat Bill Belichick in that Patriots defense. I think Belichick is actually undefeated against rookie quarterbacks in his career. He is. So I'm, I'm saying that there's a lot to like there about Zach Wilson, but I don't think they have enough to, to merit that first win against uh, a surging Denver Broncos team. That's just playing really well right now. And uh, the Broncos also look like a real disciplined group to me as well. So I just can't see the Jets sneaking their first win on Denver right now. I just can't see it. But, you know, I I think Robert Salah is still trying to find his stride as well. And and, and it, it just seems like uh, there's – does it seem like a lot of first-year coaches around the league are kind of struggling a little bit right now? So, yeah, that, that brings me right into the point that I had whenever I looked at this game. I saw you had them as a lock, and I just didn't find near as much confidence in picking them. They're my eighth most confident pick. I picked the Broncos as well, but I believe this Jets team has something that a lot of other first-year coaches are struggling with right now, and that, or even some some hot seat coaches are struggling right now, and that's a, a chemistry issue where players are struggling, they're getting frustrated on the sideline. I'm not seeing that with the Jets. Maybe I haven't watched as closely, but you know, you see teams like the Giants, you know, with with Kenny Galladay yelling at. Jason Garrett, and you're you're seeing it with with plenty of other teams. Arthur Smith was, but there is a lot to like in, from this Broncos team. They get, I believe, another soft opening to their season with the Jets. I think this would be a good game. I don't think it's a lock, as you mentioned, because the Jets have so much offensive potential with Corey Davis, Elijah Moore. They have Michael Carter, who's just waiting in the back line or in the backfield to to open up. But in the meantime, uh, Ty Johnson is doing well for them. And the only real struggle that the Jets are having right now is with Mikai Becton out. That that offensive line is struggling to generate any stable ground for that offense to launch forward on. And 
I think particularly going against, as you mentioned, Vaughn Miller, they still have Patrick Sertain deep covering receivers, and it's going to constrict a lot of potential that this offense, I believe, really has. So moving forward into my third pick for a lock this week, it's going to be the Steelers beating the Cincinnati Bengals. This, I believe, is more of a faith pick in the Steelers than than a condemnation pick in uh, the, the Bengals. I think the Steelers have championship vision this season. Whether they get there, I doubt it just because the the treacherous playoff road that is the AFC. I think the Steelers far outmatch the Cincinnati Bengals. I think the, the strengths of the Steelers are definitely complementary to the weaknesses of the Bengals. We mentioned the, the passing attack for the Steelers earlier with Deontay Johnson going down with, with Chase Claypool looking to launch forward with Juju Smith, Juju Smith-Schuster. It's such a hard name to say. He's supposed to be the number one receiver. I think it really doesn't matter. They have like a 1A, 1B, 1C setup, I think, going on in Pittsburgh. But uh, I, I expect a big game for Najee Harris. I have a lot of stock in Najee Harris across multiple fantasy leagues this year. And I expect this to be one of those games. On the other side of the ball, the Bengals look great whenever the protection is there. However, that protection is there so, so sparingly that I don't think they ever truly, as we talked about with as we talked about with the Giants, the Bengals just need to be able to get the wheels on the road for that offensive line and allow this th- this team is ready to launch forward as well offensively. They have a great running back, they have great aerial targets, and obviously they have the quarterback position solved. I just want to see a little bit more stability on that front protection. Taylor, what do you think about this game so far? Well, you pointed out that you're expecting Najee Harris to have a big game. I obviously hope that is the case, seeing as he's part of my fantasy roster. One thing that something uh, something that was pointed out to me about Cincinnati is it says Cincinnati has allowed the tenth fewest points per game to running backs after the first two games. Uh-oh. So their run defense has actually been pretty sound for Cincinnati, and that's worth keeping in mind. But a player like Najee Harris, I think, is going to be very much relied upon. You know, that's the reason why the Steelers drafted this kid. And so I think his number is going to be called and he's going to he's going to need to produce this week for the Steelers. But he's got the talent to do so. So I'm expecting I'm expecting him to be involved quite a bit, uh, even against this defense that is playing pretty well against the run. So it's hard to say. I just don't really know what to think. At this point, going forward with the Bengals, all I, the only thing that's giving me comfort is knowing that, man, I think the Bengals are just still the Bengals. And if I think of it that way, then I, I'm, I'm likely to not find myself being disappointed in believing that they can be more than what they are. But we do believe what they could be capable of because we know who they have as quarterback. It's just that they're going to have to keep Joe Burrow on his feet and not allow him to get hit. And the Steelers have good pieces on their defense where they do provide a lot of pressure. And so I like I like this Steelers defense going up against this Cincinnati offense. That's going to be the fun. I think that's going to be the fun side of the ball to watch is actually Pittsburgh's defense going up against Cincinnati's offense, but you know, and then the and then if if the Steelers can produce offensively like like they can with the weapons they have and such against 
the Bengals. I don't think it should be an, a problem whatsoever for the for the Steelers to really take this game and run 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 away with it. So, sure, I, I think we're both in consensus on the outcome of this game. So we'll go ahead and launch forward into our final lock of the week. I love it when you put my team in there. I'm always nervous to do it, but Taylor, tell me why you like the Raiders over Miami. Well, this is funny, you know, because as I was looking at our rundown, I realized, you know, Cody takes more. I think Cody takes a lot of pleasure in talking about my team, and I take a lot of pleasure in talking about his team. Notice at opposite ends of the spectrum, too. <laughs> right. And notice neither of us, you tend to always see the good things uh, about the Texans more so than I do, and vice versa, I do with your Raiders. But. I think that just comes with the territory of you being a Raiders fan and me being a Texans fan. And so I'd rather you talk about my team more so than I talk about my team. And you probably feel the same way, vice versa. But sure, Cody, I'm really thrilled with your Raiders team and the way they're playing. There's a lot to like. Derek Carr has just really been special these these past two weeks. Would you say over 800 yards passing in the in the past two? 814 games? last I checked. More than any quarterback in NFL history over a two-game span. That's brilliant. So I, I've said a lot already about the Raiders in, in previous episodes, but going up against this Dolphins team, I am not so sure right now And what's going on with the Dolphins other than Tua Tagovailoa is out. That's a huge – that's that's a big hit to the to the Dolphins. But you know what? Jacoby Brissett is a capable backup. I, I, I've liked Jacoby Brissett and what he's done in, in years past, but – do I have much faith in him that he's going to lead Miami to a win this week? No, not at all, because the Raiders are playing some really disciplined, sound football. I mean, this Raiders team, the way that they're playing, looks a whole lot different than they've been in years past. Now, granted, it's still early in the year. There still is room and reason to be skeptical that the Raiders are going to sustain this success for the long haul, because... You and I know this full and well that the NFL season really is a marathon, man. It is, it's a cross-country race. It's not a sprint. I mean... Well, and the Raiders like to sprint marathons, which generally results in multiple injuries. The Raiders, in tendency, have always been sprinters at the very beginning of the year. And when it looks like they're out the gate ahead of everyone 6-0, and then it starts to kind of, kind of peter out for them. But the, the Dolphins look like a... Like they look like a wounded team right now, sort of a wounded animal that's just about to get slaughtered. And I fit the 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 Bills kind of the Bills did a real serious beat down on the Dolphins, and I think I think that still carries over into this week where it's like, well, this this isn't going to be a whole lot of fun for them because they're playing a Raiders team that's just that's really hot right now. Uh, listening to John Gruden in press conferences, he seems to be staying very even keel with his team and still continues to see the things that they need to improve on and get better in. So I think the Raiders have the ingredients they need to kind of hit this next stride, this next level that they could reach if they can just keep doing what they're, what they've been doing these past two weeks and let that carry into this game where it looks like a wounded Miami team. You know, I'm I'm expecting the Raiders to come out with a sound win on this team. So I looked at my my rankings. I actually have the Raiders and over the Dolphins as well. I was very skeptical to pick this this win. This is generally one of those games. I don't know why it's always the AFC East, but it seems to be always the AFC East 
that we start hot and then we lose a game to an AFC East opponent. We've done it against the Jets. We've done it against the Dolphins countless times as well. However, the Tua news, although unfortunate in the real world, it makes me a little bit more confident. I currently have them as a Raiders fan as my seventh most confident pick. Obviously, I love watching what the Raiders are doing right now. I love what the Dolphins are doing from a GM standpoint, but I think so much of their success is going to be built around Tua, and I don't know if the consistency, the predictability, the assurance is there for for Tua to be the guy. I want him back on the field. This is going to be something that is now on my radar. People were worried about Tua's injury history going into the draft, and he missed a couple games last year. Now he's missing what could be three weeks this year. This is something on my radar. We never want to see quarterbacks lose their job due to injuries that they can't control. But the Dolphins really need to have some consistency at that quarterback position that they are not getting right now. Perhaps that that call to Houston may be something sooner rather than later. But we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that when it comes. So that wraps up our locks of the week. I want to go into some of the closer games, and these are always fun to talk about, particularly this week. There's so many great storylines in our close games. So I'll work backwards from our third closest game of the week all the way to what we believe to be the closest matchup of the week. My third closest game of the week just so happens to be what I think everyone is going to consider the game of the week. Possible NFC Championship preview. I picked the Bucks to beat the Los Angeles Rams this weekend in Los Angeles. I think there is so much firepower here in terms of fantasy, in terms of playoff implications, in terms of just an NFL historical snapshot. Sean McVay, Bruce Arians, some of the best offensive play callers. I love this matchup. Also on the defensive side, two very capable defenses that complement their offenses I think there's just so much to like, and there's so much to talk about. We have so many questions still that made this more on a on a closer side. Antonio Brown just got added to the COVID list today, so there we remove one target. However, it seems that Gronkowski is having no problem picking up those red zone targets that would maybe be going to Antonio Brown from time to time. Chris Godwin, too. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, all great matchups or great performances last weekend. The questions that I have for the Rams, and this is what ultimately led me to pick the Buccaneers over the Rams, is we have some issues with the run game in Los Angeles. Daryl Henderson possibly nursing an injury. We'll see if he makes it to the active roster for Sunday, but Sonny Michelle is right behind him to pick it up. How good Sonny Michelle can be against this defensive front, we don't know yet. We saw guys like Ezekiel Elliott have to pick up more of a blocking role to be successful. But ultimately, I love this matchup, and I think it's a shoe-in for Game of the Week. It should be one of the circles, very similar to what we did for the Ravens versus the Chiefs last week. It's just going to be a fun time to watch. Yeah, I've got this game uh, at number six. I'm putting a lot of stock in on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in this game against the Rams. It's not to say that I don't think the Rams are capable. It's just that the Buccaneers just have so much going for them right now that I, I think that this is a team though where coming into LA is not going to be an easy task. The Rams have the defense that they have and it's special. And so this could be the game where the Buccaneers could potentially 
tally their first loss of the year. I just think that with Brady and this team, they, they're just going to find a way, even against the young master genius of Sean McVay. I just, it, I'm, a, I'm putting a lot of stock in the Buccaneers still maintaining their win streak. But it's going to be an exciting game nonetheless. I'm, I'm expecting, honestly, I'm expecting to see a lot of offensive firepower back and forth. Matt Stafford just looks tremendous. Looks like he just has, I don't know, he just looks like he has found youth again playing on this Rams offense. There's just a lot in this offense that plays to his strengths. So I'm just expecting both offenses to produce really well. And both have really sound defenses too, but I think we're going to just see a lot of points scored between these two teams. Might even come down to somewhat of a shootout, but I'm just expecting the Buccaneers to come out on the winning side of this at the end. Would you sit Matt Stafford if you were a fantasy owner of him? No. Is there any anybody in this matchup that if you were a fantasy owner of, do you sit aside from injuries? Well, I'm sitting the Rams defense, obviously. I love the Rams defense, and they are my defense, but I went ahead and won the waiver tab on getting the Carolina Panthers defense this week, so I'm playing them instead of the Rams defense. What about the Buccaneers defense? I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it personally. Even even though the Buccaneers okay. defense is very good quality as well, I yeah I'm not I'm not I'm not sitting Robert Woods I'm not sitting Cooper Cup I'm I'm gonna put the offensive guys out there in this game for both for both sides certainly if you're if you're sitting Cooper Cup perhaps reevaluate your interest in fantasy football <laughs> he's the yes. number one shoe in for receiver of the year this will be mixed amongst a relatively quiet afternoon slate of games we have Denver at New York during this window. Vegas at Miami, Minnesota at Seattle. Seattle always likes to make an interesting afternoon game, so I think that'll work. Unfortunately, that'll also be on the Fox broadcast as well. So if you got some red zone packages, maybe get those active because I would love to be bouncing around between all these. But for sure, put the main screen on Los Angeles, Tampa Bay. So going into, Taylor, your third closest game of the week, tell me about Cleveland versus Chicago. I'm going to go ahead and pick the Cleveland Browns over the Chicago Bears. Now, I think the key matchup to watch is going to be this sort of like what we saw with Cleveland and Houston. Going to see a really good Chicago Bears defense going up against Cleveland. This is going to be fun. It's the Bears front seven against that train engine rushing attack of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I mean, those two guys, this is Cleveland, man. They are run-and-grind football team. If the Bears' defense finds a way to make it difficult for Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt to run the ball well, I think they want to put this on that Browns offensive line. It's going to have to be sharp and, and on point for this game against this Bears' front seven. But I'm, I'm really interested in watching that side of the ball. Now, on the other side of the ball, Mr. Justin Fields makes his starting debut against the Browns, and it's not going to be an easy task. The Browns have a wonderful defense, although they, they haven't played the best these past two games. The talent is all there in what the Browns can do uh, on the front end. I'm expecting... Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney to put on a, a stellar rushing attack to to make Fields uncomfortable. But you know what? Hey, maybe Fields is going to be like, bring it on, because Fields is a capable runner. He's 
I mean, he is definitely an athletic quarterback. So I'm I'm eager to see Justin Fields. I, I'm expecting Justin Fields to have to make a lot of throws on the run, which he is capable of doing. It, it's going to be a close one because I, I guess with Justin Fields being the starter now, how much better are, are the Bears going to be now? So we, re- we don't really have a whole lot to work with uh, on the offensive side of the ball. We know he's got weapons. And so I'm just wondering how, how much better will the Bears be? But I like the team more so on the Browns against the Bears. But again, I think this is going to be a close game, Cody. I don't think it's going to be a necessarily a runaway game for the Browns. And the Browns have got to play some, some better football. They got the win last week, but the Browns are going to have to be better if they want to be considered serious AFC contenders. I, I love all your points. I think that's those are absolutely all the highlights to watch. A couple injury notes to bring up. Obviously, we saw Jarvis Landry move to the injured reserve. We saw Baker Mayfield come away with a left shoulder injury. Luckily, not his throwing shoulder. And we're still waiting on Odell Beckham to make his season debut. If Odell Beckham can come in, I think there is no step lost in that passing attack. But you don't want to see a team like the Browns start stacking injuries particularly against a team like the Bears, who defensively can make you pay for any absence of a playmaker on your offensive side of the ball. So the current over-under total points scored is 45.5. Do you think there is more or less than 45.5 total points scored here? Ooh, I think less. Yeah, I think less. Cleveland currently picked to win by seven. Do you think win by more or less than seven? I think Cleveland wins by more than seven points. I don't think it's that much more, but I think they win more than seven. Okay. So the next pick of the week, my second lock of the week, I'm excited for this game. It perhaps could have gotten hipster game of the week nod, but I think AFC South fans, particularly Texans fans, if you're not quite excited about football this weekend, there is a game that you should still highlight this week, and that is going to be the Indianapolis Colts at the Tennessee Titans. As I have talked about this season, I think there are some issues on the Tennessee Titans defense that need to be resolved because it is going to cost many games to be a lot closer than they necessarily should be. Now, I believe the offense for the Titans figured out that more things need to be running through Derrick Henry. It sets up everything. It allows the play action. We saw a passing touchdown for Ryan Danahill get pulled away last week. That doesn't necessarily matter too much as they ultimately came away with the win. But I think the Colts provide a defensive opponent that should not be taken lightly. Darius Leonard, Xavier Rhodes, there's multiple options here that can cause you a lot of issues. Now, on the offensive side of the ball, I think most of the questions that we have are, what is going on with Carson Wentz? We saw him practice today without a boot, without any ankle protection at all with the number ones. But that is a whole lot different in terms of Kenny last all four quarters. I really hope so, because there is a lot to like about this Colts team. I really expect them to be one of the AFC contenders. However, they're currently sitting at 0-2. And to be 0-3 with a division loss puts you really in a hole for overcoming the potential of this season. We know they're going to be on hard knocks later this season. Perhaps that'll give us some more insight into what's going on in that field. But we like Frank Reich. We like this defense and we like the offense. We're just waiting on some production at the quarterback position, which I desperately want to see here. 
I'm a Jonathan Taylor owner in multiple leagues. I want to see that guy take all the training wheels off and go full blast against this team because I believe you can run on the Titans, and I believe it can happen this game for Jonathan Taylor. Taylor, you're an AFC South fan. Tell me what you like about this game. Well, this is the game to watch for the AFC South. I mean, these are the two teams that we expect to contend for the AFC South title this year. What What I do like about the Titans so much as my favorite to win this division is, you know, they, they came out and really struggled against Arizona, but then they, this past week, come out with a really gritty type of win against Seattle. And so my conclusion with the Titans is the Titans have all the talent to really come out with wins. doesn't mean they're going to be pretty runaway wins. I mean, at least for right now, but I do think that they want to get this they want to get this passing game going the way it, it should. On the side of the Colts, we're going to see some really good schemes going here between Frank Reich and Mike Vra- like Frank Reich from an offensive standpoint with Mike Vrabel oh, as yeah. from a defensive standpoint. NFL nerds dream, let's go. Yeah, it's going to be a good it's going to be some good chess play here. So, this is a, a a great week for both teams where I think both teams are kind of looking at the circumstances here knowing that each of them needs to take a really big step forward if it means that one of these teams is going to be considered seriously to be the AFC South uh, crown holder here at the end of the season. So I'm really looking forward to this game. My prediction falls with the Titans because, yeah, I just I like the Titans more. So Vegas currently agrees with us that this should be a close game. We saw Tennessee come away with a win, a three-point win last week. They currently have the line set Tennessee to win by five and a half. I like that amount. I think I think a touchdown could be the difference here. And I think certainly we're going to see the Titans offense is going to be what catapults them to ultimately win this game. There is just more power on that side of the ball than any other side of the ball for both teams in this in this matchup. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if that Titans defense can, can hold down Carson Wentz in this Colts offense, you know, then, okay, that's, that's what I think. That's where I'm, that's the, the matchup I'm interested in watching is Titans defense against this Colts offense. So moving forward, we'll, we'll toss in a little bit of Monday night football recap. If that doesn't give you a hint for what Taylor's next closest game of the week is. Monday Night Football was a matchup between the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions. We all knew an angry Aaron Rodgers coming off an embarrassing loss against the Saints that he's going to come against a division opponent very hard. I, I saw a stat published that Aaron Rodgers, after coming off of a regular season loss, averages four-plus touchdowns and zero interceptions. Aaron Rodgers does exactly that, and Aaron Jones helps him carry the load along the way. Now, where we should be excited about a team beating the Detroit Lions in a dominating fashion, they are going against what has to be one of the more capable NFC coaching staffs in the San Francisco 49ers. Taylor, this was your second closest game of the week. Tell me what you like about it. This game will be a real close one, I think. It's a great setup for Green Bay and San Francisco. Right now, I think San Francisco is just playing great football. Jimmy Garoppolo, the fact that he's playing well, that's keeping Trey Lance on the bench, and he's not hurt. So Garoppolo, I'm, I'm proud of him because he's just 
he's playing really sharp quarterback play at this moment. I like what I'm seeing from this 49ers offense and the way that they're producing. They're very, very banged up at the running back position right now. And at the cornerback position, losing both Josh Norman and Emmanuel Mosley. Yeah, so this is a this is a 49ers team that's already, uh, they're 2-0 and and they're already facing some uh, injury struggles at the moment. The talent is just unquestionably there for, for San Francisco, what they have offensively and de- defensively. I'm leaning towards this team right now to come out on top, even over Green Bay having a great win. Aaron Rodgers is California cool. That man is so chill and easy going about things that I don't think he's just going to get rattled too much about what people say and what people think. I don't think he really cares at all whatsoever. So I'm expecting Aaron Rodgers still to to come out and produce and have a really good game. I just don't know if this Packers defense, in my opinion, is good enough to stop Kyle Shanahan's run offense and what they do. We know that the Green Bay Packers offense can produce, but that's a high-quality defense on the opposite side of the ball that they're going up against. And so Aaron Rodgers does come into a real challenge, and I'm expecting this game actually to, to be very close. I just like the, the 49ers defense a whole lot more than I like the Packers defense personally. Even with a banged-up running back position, Kyle Shanahan's just a genius. He knows how to adjust. Uh, with the circumstances that are in play right now. So so with all that, it, it's a close, close game. I think a single-digit difference, personally. Yeah, currently Vegas has it as a three-and-a-half spread um, in yeah. favor of San Francisco. I believed that this was more of a shoe-in in favor of Green Bay. I loved what I saw, and much like we talk about in a lot of these matchups, I believe the strengths of Green Bay really capitalize on the weaknesses of San Francisco, where we talk about them missing cornerback positions. We saw Philadelphia generate some success through the air against San Francisco last week. Ultimately, it fell short, but that may be more due to the roster talent of Philadelphia rather than the inadequacies, rather than the inadequacies of San Francisco. But I believe Green Bay has found their stride with a good home game against Detroit, yeah. and I think Aaron Rodgers going back home to California really allows them to catapult here forward and get a good win against an NFC opponent. Perhaps another playoff preview, we would love to see the 49ers in there. They fell into such an injury hole last year. I don't want to see that happen two seasons in a row. This this offensive staff is so good that the head coaching makes all the right decisions, and I believe they have finally a capable quarterback position, whether it's Garoppolo or Trey Lance. I like what we have here. I like their receiving core. I like their running back core, no matter how deep it is. I think there's plenty to like offensively for Kyle Shanahan, and I want to see this be a good shootout. I agree with you. I think one score is the only difference. I see that too. Current over under is 49 and a half. Hammer that over. I think this is an offensive shootout. I haven't been happy with anything I've seen on the Green Bay defensive side of the ball yet. And obviously with the injuries that I have mentioned with San Francisco, I think this is just a guns blazing good old shootout. Sunday night football too. Yeah, that'll be a good, that's a great Sunday night football game. So that's probably the the thing I love about this week is we've got a got a great afternoon slate with Tampa Bay and, and, and the Rams and then this this uh, Sunday night football game between San Francisco and Green Bay is going to be another fun one. Absolutely. Going into what you and I both agreed to be the closest game of the week, who is going to get their first win? 
So before we mention this matchup, we have to point out that we have an item here that we are going to introduce called the Hipster Game of the Week. Now, the only qualifications for the Hipster Game of the Week is it cannot be a primetime game, so that it excludes Thursday nights, that excludes Monday nights, and that excludes Sunday nights. Obviously, we'll adjust this around whenever playoffs come around and everything is in primetime. So what does that leave us with? That leaves us with a matchup between the Atlanta Falcons going to the Meadowlands and playing against the New York Giants. I think there is more to dislike about both of these teams than there is to like, but what I chose is the Atlanta Falcons to win against the New York Giants strictly because of what I will be repeating over and over this season. I think the chemistry for New York is wrong. We've had players quit during the season, during practice time. You saw folks yelling at each other on the sideline during the last game against Washington. There seems to be an issue bleeding down from the top. And I don't ever want to put my eggs in the basket of a team struggling to focus on what the goal of a season is. Now, Atlanta Falcons had to put Russell Gage on an injury report. I'm not sure if he's going into IR yet. So we lose a passing target there for Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan obviously struggling with the passing game, throwing two pick sixes to Michael Edwards. But I believe going against a New York Giants defense is going to be much easier than their opponent last week. Taylor, what did you think about this matchup? And tell me why you think an NFL nerd, which is what constitutes the hipster pick of the week, would be interested in this game. Well, these are two teams that I don't think are lacking in talent. They're just in interesting circumstances right now. From that chemistry standpoint that you were talking about, I think the locker room in Atlanta is healthier than the locker room in New York. I liked the way that the Falcons played last week, despite the loss. So there's still some things here to like about Atlanta. They got a brand new head coach in Arthur Smith, who is working out the kinks himself. I like the the pieces that are there for the Falcons to be successful, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Even with all the the things that just seem kind of chaotic with the Giants, Daniel Jones is actually playing really well. These past two games, he's he's put up some high numbers, and I I like a lot of the things that I do see from the Giants. They look like a very aggressive team, so much so that I think that it was unfortunate that they lost to Washington this past week, but I think that they wouldn't have lost if they hadn't had as, as many penalties as they had gotten. If the Giants can just rein it in and be smarter out there, I just think that the Giants have enough here that they can sneak a win here on the Falcons. It's a very favorable matchup. These two teams really are in some similar circumstances here. So the the Falcons, to me, look like they could be in the top five again for a high-end draft pick. It's early, obviously, but it seems like the Falcons still got a lot of things that that they need to take care of uh, on their team as a whole. But... Talent-wise, I like the Giants more, and I'm going to pick the Giants this week over the Falcons. Understood. As a Saquon Barkley owner in, again, multiple leagues, I'm running too many leagues, I'm starting to recognize. (laughs) I'm hoping that the Giants really develop that run game outside of Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones currently has two touchdowns rushing, two touchdowns passing, but 122 rushing yards for a quarterback. 
He's really athletic. I mean, he's a really athletic quarterback. And we saw one of his huge runs last week get pulled away from a holding call. I just want Saquon Barkley to be back, aside from fantasy implications. Sure. I want Saquon Barkley to be back to that exciting standpoint because you and I talked Absolutely. about it when he first came on the scene. That was one of the most fun times in recognizing that we may have a real deal primetime talent up in New York. And I think that's awesome. So I hope that's the case. In the meantime, you could flip a coin and I'm, I, I would be accepting of either one winning this game. That is why we consider it our closest game of the week. We only wager one confident point on this because we really are unsure where this is really going to go. Yes. <laughs> but from an NFL nerd, ergo a hipster game of the week standpoint, there's plenty of things to truly put under a microscope here and figure out right. how we can predict these teams going forward. But that wraps up our locks, our close games. We got a few mailbag questions. We got a fantasy check-in. The only thing that's left is to tell you guys where to find us on Instagram. It is the same name as our show. Take it to the house. One word. Take it to the house. We post polls for these mailbag questions on there all the time. We have content going on during Sunday, during Sunday night football, Monday night football. So follow us along. We'll make sure to update you guys anytime we post a new show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Taylor, always a great time talking to you. Absolutely. Take it easy. And we'll see you all next week. 